says tech can't be human? The videos that you spend the least time on get the most views and the videos that you spend the most time on get the least views. So I've stopped looking at the views and everything and just started trying to produce content that either makes people smile or adds value to people's lives. And if I've done that, then I'm fine and I don't care if it flops. Welcome to the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast. When it comes to IT and security, we can all agree on two things. Complexity is increasing and the manual asset inventory approach no longer cuts it. It's time to adapt. And that's where Exonius comes in. Exonius correlates asset data from existing cybersecurity and SaaS solutions to provide an always up-to-date inventory, uncover gaps, and automate actions, giving you the confidence to control complexity. Sign up for a free walkthrough of the platform at exonius.com forward slash get dash a dash tour. That's A-X-O-N-I-U-S dot com forward slash get dash a dash tour. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. E- yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again with a pretty well-known guest. We just signed up for TikTok recently, and the first thing that we found when we typed in cybersecurity was Caitlin. We found Caitlin, also known as Cybersecurity Girl. She has amassed a big TikTok following, but she's also focused the past 10 years of her career focused on consulting, helping organizations with data and privacy and compliance. Caitlin, it is an honor and pleasure to welcome you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Chris and Ron. I'm super excited to be here. And it's still still weird to me that the TikTok thing is real, but we're, we're here and I'm here for it. So really happy to be here. It's really incredible what you've done. You've taken cybersecurity and you've kind of brought it into the mainstream of TikTok. I mean, with over a quarter of a million followers, definitely you're doing something right there. But for the folks out there that don't know who you are just yet, tell us a little bit about your background and what you're doing today. Yep. Hey, everyone. My name is Caitlin, otherwise known as Cybersecurity Girl. I have been in cybersecurity consulting for almost 10 years now, originally starting off in more of the cyber assessment field. So I would assess large companies on their overall cyber maturity, looking at vulnerability management, network security, software security, all the fun stuff. Maybe six years ago, I started going into data privacy and protection. So really helping with all of the compliance needs of companies and I've loved it ever since. I actually originally started as an engineer, though, so I do know all the coding language, most of the coding languages. At least I try to stay up to date with that. And yeah, I'm just really, really happy, happy to be here and happy to have started something and hopefully continue teaching and learning, learning as I go. We're always learning cybersecurity. It's never going to stop. So happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, whenever you look at any particular medium, whether you're looking at YouTube, you're looking at podcasts, you have those icons that stand out above the rest. And when you look at cybersecurity on TikTok, you are seemingly right now the premier name. Tell us a little bit about that that journey through TikTok. What made you get on there in the first place? And, and tell us the story about how you've basically rose to prominence. Yeah. So it's actually a very weird story. I got into cybersecurity kind of randomly. Again, I did engineering, but mechanical as undergrad and grad school. When I got into consulting, I did tech consulting and they wanted me to learn cyber. So I've learned cyber just from being out in the field. I actually originally, before I did engineering, wanted to be a teacher. I love teaching people. I think it runs in my family. My aunt, my grandma are teachers as well. And so when I saw TikTok, I just saw it was 
looked like a great way to educate people, but in a fun way. And it would make it more fun for me to educate people and uh, get to reach out to as many people as possible. Unlike other platforms, TikTok really, your videos can go to anyone and everyone versus just the people following you. So I really started the TikTok for three reasons. One is I wanted to get more women into cyber and just kind of be a face for them to see that they, what they can do. Two is just to give general knowledge to people about how to how to keep their data secure online. It's something that we're all dealing with, all the hacks and ransomware, phishing emails, all that fun stuff, and just helping the general public stay up to date. And then the third reason is really to get not just women, but everyone into cybersecurity. I'm really annoyed with the stigma of you have to be like, quote unquote, smart, or you have to know how to code to be in cyber. Right. Obviously, coding is my background, but it's part of my background, but I do not do any coding in cybersecurity. And I've been in it for 10 years. And so it's really kind of diffusing that stigma of, of what it takes to be in, in cyber and also getting more people interested in re- having them realize that they can too, if they have a passion for learning it. So that's really why I started the whole thing. What I admire about your background and also the fact that you're in TikTok is that you're helping influence the next generation. We always talk about bringing more diversity into cybersecurity, but you really can only do that when you are speaking to the youth. I mean, they're going to be the next generation of the professionals and people that we work with. So it's best that we really focus on giving them like the messages, the displaying the opportunities and showcasing how we can move in this world of cybersecurity. It's, it's accessible, but sometimes it feels like it's not. Right. TikTok, it like, I mean, actually, you'd be surprised, actually, the, the generation that's on it, because now it's pretty much everyone, right? Like at the beginning, it was all it was all youth. But now it's everyone. But yeah, I think inspiring, it's, it's starting from ground zero, right? Of let's start inspiring and motivating and supporting them now. And then having them realize that that's always an opportunity in the back of their head rather than having them realize it too late. And surprisingly, like I said, the ages on TikTok is kind of widespread. So I'm starting like a cybersecurity school and some of the people that are trying to register are like 40, 50 plus because they want to get a new career and they want to learn cyber. So it's it's not even just reaching the younger generation, but it's also helping the older generation, which is not older because I'm older. So just every generation, we'll say every generation. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really cool and I love doing it. Love it. So I, I'm sure when you're posting things on the internet, especially TikTok, There might be a few things that go through your mind, especially when you first start building that following and seeing that people are watching what you're doing. Was there any nervousness? Some people say they even have imposter syndrome when they, you know, start something new like this. Did you feel any of those emotions when getting started building your TikTok? Yes. Yeah. Like literally all of those. (laughs) (laughs) I still get imposter syndrome to this day, like every day. And I actually recorded a video about it on like how to get over it. I need to take my own advice half the time. (laughs) But I also just feel like I hate when people watch my videos in front of me. It's super uncomfortable for me. Like I don't even watch, rewatch my own videos. And half the time I'm just like, get it out, get the content out. I'm not a perfectionist. And that's I think why I've done so well on TikTok too, because I don't think about it. I just, I obviously I think about what content I'm posting, but I don't try to like make it perfect. I just try to get the word out. And even thinking about it makes me embarrassed a bit. (laughs) I just keep telling myself it's good for everyone. So that's what keeps me going. But yeah, it's a very weird journey to be honest. How do you guys feel about doing this podcast and hearing your voices all the time? I got used to it. I used to not like listening to the sound of my voice, but 
after we spent basically the first two years editing ourselves before we had a whole team to do it, just get used to listening to it. But uh, there are still like little hangups that I hate that I do. I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to the podcast and interviews and things like that. So I'm definitely hard on myself. I think Ron's perfect at all times. No issues there. You first start putting out content. You're just like, oh, man, you know, is this going to resonate with folks? And then eventually you just get to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm just going to put it out there and just kind of like let it ride. If it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yep. That's interesting, especially from a, a TikTok perspective, because here you're dealing with like an algorithm. Some things get picked up and go viral, right? They get millions of views, yep. but some things they just get a few thousand. Do you often run into a situation where you created something great? You're like, oh, wow, this is going to be great. And it doesn't go anywhere. And then you make something like, oh, this is so ridiculous. No one's going to like this. And it gets millions of views. Like, how do you deal with, with some of those situations? Oh, yeah. I'll actually tell you how the my first like quote unquote viral video, it got like 750,000 views. And it was because I, I'm pretty sure it's because I mispronounced pwned. <laughs> like, 99% sure that's why every, and, th- and that's where the, honestly, some of the imposter syndrome comes. So TikTok is actually like a pretty vicious group of people because it's way worse than Instagram. Like people just attack and that's mm. fine. I've gotten used to it. Yeah. There was like one video that I was just like, let me just make this really quick. It's like super easy. I didn't spend any time on it. Clearly, I mispronounced pwned because I wasn't thinking at all. I was just, again, not a perfectionist. I just recorded it and posted. And I got like so much backlash about like, how can you be in cybersecurity and not know how to pronounce pwned Mm. and all this stuff. And I was just like, honestly, like (laughs) we're here. I'm just trying to add value. There's a running joke within the TikTok world that the videos that you spend the least time on get the most views and the videos that you spend the most time on get the least views. So (laughs) I've stopped looking at the views and everything and just started trying to produce content that either makes people smile or adds value to people's lives. And if I've done that, then I'm fine. And I don't care if it flops. I usually will say that if the content that I like think has a lot of value, I try to go live after and like kind of get my followers to go watch it. TikTok algorithm's a little weird. There's there are ways a little bit to like kind of skew it to where it's all about watch time, especially the first hour. So if you go on live and you can tell people to go and watch it and like watch the whole thing through, it does help. And I've been doing that recently when I post like videos that I know is gonna provide a lot of value to people, but I've kind of just stopped moral of the story, I've just stopped looking at the views at this point and just trying to add as much value as possible. So I'm sure people wonder, and we get asked this sometimes, and it's like, why do you guys do podcasts? What is the value? Like, what are you getting out of it? And, you know, for us, it was, we get to speak to amazing people, amazing people like yourself for, you know, a good time and also share it with the world, get feedback. But there's also a sponsorship element to it also that we get to benefit from. So there's it's almost like twofold. What mm-hmm. about your value that you're getting back from the platform? What have you seen that you really enjoy to receive from a value perspective? And what are you looking forward to? That's a great question. I mean, like I said, I, I always wanted to be a teacher when I was younger. And this was like my way to help teach kind of the public and teach everyone else about cyber. But I actually got the opportunity to start my own cybersecurity school. So it's starting June 21st, really excited about teaching it. So that's like a huge opportunity for me. I was really, really excited about it. But also just meeting other tech influencers. And at this point, I'm, I'm barely a year in. So I'm sure maybe after a couple of years, I'll get tired of it. But the messages I get from people about getting into cyber, or helping them like get their Instagram account back or like even little things like that, <laughs> like 
it adds value to my life knowing that I'm not just going day by day doing my job and that's it. Yeah, I think just bringing awareness and kind of being that light for people that need it, um, especially in the, the tech world. And I think for me, this is what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping to get more women in STEM. And again, I have a twin brother. I support <laughs> I support men. It just, I want to be more of a role model. When I say getting women into STEM, it's just keeping them in STEM. So right, right. now, I don't know if you guys have heard any of the statistics about women in the tech fields, but we're actually not having issues getting women in and getting them like initial jobs. The issue starts coming in like three or four years into the jobs when they start leaving because they want to start families and they just don't have, they feel like they don't have enough role models. Mm. And honestly, when I started my tech consulting career, that's kind of where I was thinking, what I was thinking. I was like, there's no way I can do this. Like I want to have, you know, settle down, have a family. And I don't see anyone in this field right now that has any sort of a life that I would even want at like the partner level. So right. I just couldn't even see myself in that light. And I'm hoping that I can be like that light for other women to show that you can do kind of everything that you want. No, I mean, that's super inspiring. And I'd love to see some of the data about women having to leave the career field, because you're right, that's not something that we've like really indexed on. We've indexed on getting women in, getting women access to different things and definitely supporting women in some way. But that's a good point. I'd be curious to see what all we could do from a support perspective at that three, four year mark to keep people from leaving. Tell us a little bit about the cybersecurity school. That sounds like something that you've been dreaming about doing for a long time. What is that going to look like? What is the audience? Tell us a little bit about that. You don't need any experiences. So anyone that has a passion for like changing their career to cybersecurity, they already know they want to do it, but they just don't have any experience and don't have the money. I partnered up with a school called Master School, and it's a six month, basically boot camp. And then after the boot camp, we have HR specialists that help students get a job after. So, and you don't have to pay for it until you get a job. And it's like a lump sum. So it's pretty great because it basically guarantees people a job. We have every incentive to give them a, get them a job after, otherwise we don't get paid. And also that was the reason why I want, another reason why I wanted to start it is because everyone is, the people that I've heard from TikTok, they either like have a degree and can't get a job, which I find crazy because we have so many cybersecurity jobs out there and not enough people to fill, but they either can't get a job or they can't afford to get any type of degree or a program. And so this kind of fills that void, right? They're able to do this for six months. It's technically nine months. We give three months to find a job for them. And if they don't get a job, then they're still trained. They also get certifications and they don't have to pay. And each job actually has like a minimum threshold. So we're not just going to like throw them into some terrible job. But yeah, there's like a minimum salary threshold for each job. And once they get it, then they start paying it that like chunk back over like three years with no interest. So it's pretty exciting that I get to give people opportunities to kickstart their cybersecurity career without having to pay a penny until they get a job. The complexity of cloud infrastructure means every organization's security challenges are unique. Whether your challenge is threat hunting, policy management, cloud workload protection, or all of the above, Uptix helps you quickly identify and eliminate observability gaps in your security program. That's Uptix, analytics for the modern attack surface, observability for the modern defender. Check out Uptix by visiting uptix.com. That's U-P-T-Y-C-S.com. Thank you, Uptix, for sponsoring this episode. 
That's the way it should be. I mean, that's the power of education and really paying for it is that assurance that you'll get an opportunity at the very end. We don't hear enough about is the women's perspective, especially, you know, you being in the field for 10 plus years now. Take us back and tell us a story about when it was difficult for you breaking into tech or even staying in tech as a woman. Yeah, I mean, there's so many stories. I think the overall issue that I always used to deal with and now I've kind of dealt with it differently and I'll explain it is a lot of men think I got the job from being just being a woman. And that also goes to my imposter syndrome, right? Because I'm like, maybe I did just get this job because I'm a woman and they want to work with me like, or I'm a diversity hire. Like, I don't know. How am I ever supposed to know that? And then the other thing was like, and this is like a controversial topic, just getting hit on in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Like I had my first internship as an engineer, not even in cyber. And my grandma like went out shopping with me as my first internship. And like, she's very, very conservative. All my dresses were below my knees. And I had a lady halfway through my internship come up to me and saying, hey, I know that your dresses are appropriate, but I still think you should be wearing pants. Mm. She wasn't even in the same team as me. I was working with all men. And I was just like, okay, well, thank you. And I literally had to like go buy all pants because at that point I'm an intern. I didn't know any different. I didn't push back. I just kind of went with it. And I'm a very smiley person and I'm very direct. I look into people's eyes when I talk to them and sometimes people get the wrong impression. Right. So it's really managing like expectations of people in the workplace being a woman. Cause again, I work with a majority men. I can't tell you that I've mastered that. I still to this day have some issues, but I've mastered being direct with people. If I feel uncomfortable, I figure it out from there. But yeah, at the beginning, that's always the awkward part. The hard part is making sure you get the right impression and that I'm not doing anything to out of the blue, I guess. Yeah. Your story resonates with me because I remember when I, earlier in my career, when I felt like I had achieved this great position at an incredible company, you have to ask, like, was I the diversity hire? It really didn't dawn on me until I was having conversations with people that were in the company. And it's just like, was I a diversity hire? So then that imposter syndrome starts to come back. Like, am I only here because of the color of my skin? Is it I'm only here because of my gender. And even when you're talking about the way that you are with people, like giving eye contact and being smiley, people tend to get the wrong impression of who you are as a person. And it's those misunderstandings that can really keep us from really achieving that next level. But there's also like a piece of us that wants to remain authentic, because if we're not authentic, people can pick up on that. So how do you regulate that? How do you stay authentic and true to yourself while also keeping the eye on the prize when it comes to your career and the goals that you have in life? So there was a time where, I mean, that's a good question. And I, again, I don't have the right answer to that because it's, I mean, everyone is different. Everyone interprets everything differently. So it's hard to, it really depends on the person that I'm working with. There was a time where I was like, you know, don't be as smiley. You know, they won't take you as seriously if you're smiling all the time and be serious and be direct and be whatever, all the, all the stuff. And I really tried. And then I was just like, this is not who I am. And I'm going to figure out how to embrace who I am and work with the people that I have So honestly, sometimes I preface, like when I have clients, I tell them I'm a very smiley, happy person. So like I give them a warning. I haven't had any issues recently, to be honest, but we also haven't been in person. I don't know if that makes a difference. Right. I don't have the answer to that. I just now try to like maintain boundaries and be direct. And if I, again, if I feel uncomfortable or feel there's something else going on, I'll just bring it up 
pretty bluntly, actually, and see what's going on. What have you done? I index on authenticity. What I found is that, of course, there are some things about, you know, being professional that are important. But I feel like as long as my behavior doesn't like harm anyone or put anyone in an uncomfortable position, then I'm just going to be me, right? You can't really help how people interpret like who you are and and the things that you do. Some people took my eye contact as being intense, but I just like to be a good listener and being a good listener is, is looking at the person. And there's a lot that really goes into it. Maybe they're from a different culture. Maybe they're from a different age range where eye contact is different. There's a lot of things that go into that. You want to be cognizant of other cultures and how other people feel. Do you feel like there's a degree of like just being who you are? And just if there's a misunderstanding, having an opportunity to correct the misunderstanding, I think is super important. Yeah. And I've learned that you can't please everyone. So as long as we're not completely insulting people or I'm not completely insulting people (laughs) or giving them the wrong message, then I feel okay. Yeah. I think there's a middle ground, right? Like for me, I like to wear sweats around the house, but I wouldn't go to the workplace to wear sweats. So, you know, to still be myself, I'm like, all right, what is the next best thing that I could wear? There's like other clothes I could wear that, you know, where I could still be myself, but also be comfortable around everybody, make everyone feel comfortable and invited. When you do something like that, I feel like when you become more and more yourself, it attracts people. We were just at RSA and we were able to meet some of the people that listen to the podcast. We're able to run into a few of our older guests and a lot of people will come up and give you a hug. You might not remember them because you've met so many people or maybe they are just an admirer from afar. You know, how are you going to handle that now that we're opening back up in person? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that just recognize you from your face as you start to go to conferences. Yeah, I'm a hugger. Like I hug everyone. (laughs) And we had an in-person leadership meeting a few weeks ago. I wanted to like hug all my coworkers. And I was like, I probably can't give them a handshake. I think of just gauging on like their body language and how they feel and kind of what their energy is like and trying to figure that out. But again, I think it's a very weird line that we walk. I remember I was a cheerleader in college and I did it professionally for a little bit. My dad actually told me I needed to quit because no one would take me seriously at work or they do the opposite and like would only want me on projects for the wrong reasons. Mm. And so I quit and obviously now I'm like tempted to go back, but I'm a little too old for that. But it's still like intriguing to me because I, I still think it's the same thing. Like I don't think anything would change at this point. Like I think if I did cheer again, I'd probably still get some weird looks. But I actually am trying to like fight that stigma too on TikTok of like posting normal videos of myself, like normal clothes, like don't have to be all dressed up in business suits to or half the time I'm in sweats like you run. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do when we get back into public. I don't know what I would do with RSA, but I, I love hugging people. I'm a big hugger. So I think, again, depends on body language. Life is short. The situation that you're talking about with cheerleading, I feel like you can be a high level cybersecurity practitioner and leader and be a cheerleader. I think you could do this work and be a power lifter or you could be a musician and a rock band. I think there's a lot of things that I think really makes cybersecurity practitioners interesting. That's part of the reason why we do this podcast is not just to talk about the bits and bytes and the technology and the processes and all that stuff. We love getting to know the cybersecurity practitioner and all the things that they are passionate about. From my perspective, if you're passionate about cheerleading, like you could be the cybersecurity slash cheerleader and be proud of that. I don't think 
that you should dictate what you do based on what everyone else is saying. I don't think that's how we grow as a community because we do believe in diversity of thought, diversity in culture. And I think that's honestly how we're going to raise cybersecurity to the next level. I totally agree. And I kind of talk with my dad. He's he's old school like that. So I, I totally understand where he's coming from. I guess I'm just really, really tired of people putting themselves in boxes or putting other people in boxes like you're in cyber. You, this is what you should look like. This is what you should be doing. This is the type of person you are because everyone is so unique in their own ways. Everyone has so many cool talents, skills, abilities, and their job doesn't dictate their life or who they are as a person. And their job is definitely like an add-on to who they are, but it's not the only thing they are. Right. Does that makes sense. A hundred percent. What are some of the other things that you're fascinated about when it comes to humanity or maybe even in cybersecurity? What are some of the things that you're most excited about? I love cybersecurity because I get bored very easily and (laughs) cybersecurity never stops. It's always like growing and expanding. So I love hearing about all the new technologies, new things. I had a friend that texted me the other day, metaverse is real. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I literally met this, like the owner of some place and he did a deal on in the metaverse. And I guess literally like five minutes later, the guy sends him like $50,000 like to his bank. Oh, wow. And I was like, apparently the metaverse is real, but like stuff like that, stuff like that, where like technology is advancing so fast. I don't even think people can comprehend how fast it is. So that's always really exciting. I love like volunteering and giving back. Like I said it before, I also love teaching, but I try to like volunteer with like organizations like Girls Who Code. And I do it a lot of like diversity organization volunteering as well. Again, I'm really, really excited about seeing like the future cybersecurity professionals and building them up. It's something that I'm super, super passionate about. And also just excited to see like what the world looks like, I think in five to 10 years, because I think it's going to be a lot different. What about you guys? It is going to be different. I think things are changing, right? You're talking about the metaverse, talking about Web3 technology. People, they kind of joke on quantum, but quantum is still a technology that the folks are working on. All it takes is really one discovery or innovation for things to change drastically. And I think there are a lot of folks working in very different pathways. And I think that's going to change the game for cybersecurity. I'm really optimistic about the world starting to open back up. Really excited about doing the in-person stuff again, right? We just did RSA. We have Black Hat coming up. Just being able to meet and greet with folks, I forgot how much I missed that with all these years being at home, but glad that things are starting to go that way. There's someone that's listening to this right now, right? We've covered a few things. We covered having a voice, putting yourself out there in whatever medium that is, whether it's TikTok or podcasting, videos, writing, or even just your day-to-day at work. We also talked a little bit about authenticity, being yourself no matter what, not being like trapped in this box that you feel like you have to fit into. There's someone listening to this episode right now that feels like they are trapped in that cybersecurity box where they hide a lot of themselves from the world because they're like, oh, that's not a cybersecurity practitioner. What is that piece of advice that you would have for someone that wants to show up as their more authentic self? I mean, Chris, you kind of talked about it. Like life's too short to try to fit in this weird box and not be yourself. And it's exhausting after a while to try to be someone that you're not or only be part of who you are. I've been telling this to a lot of people is figure out what makes you like happy, like literally what brings you like so much joy from like deep in your heart and try to like incorporate doing whatever that is on a daily, like take an hour every day and do that because that happiness and that 
personality will come back and it will kind of get into your normal daily life and you won't be like repressing who you are at this point anymore. But I think just figuring out what makes you happy and don't be ashamed of it. And if someone does make you ashamed, just, you know, be direct with them and say, this is who I am and there's nothing wrong with it. So I think just, yeah, embrace. I always say embrace your inner child and play, Mm. but that could be a me thing. I'm the one that like dances in the rain whenever (laughs) it starts raining. So don't listen to other people and just be who you are because who you are is literally the best person and what the world actually needs, not the fake version of who you are. That's it. You heard it here first. Embrace the inner child and go dance in the rain. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule, Caitlin, to come on the mics and chop it up with us. For the folks out there that want to stay up to date with you and all the great things that you're doing in cybersecurity, what are the best ways for people to do that? You can find me on Cybersecurity Girl for my TikTok. That's my handle. It's also my handle on Instagram. So if you want to direct message me, you do it on Instagram because it's really hard to, you can't message me on TikTok, but yeah, excited for you guys all. And I'm hopefully this helped you and really, really happy that I joined. Excellent. And whenever the school is available, we'll be sure to drop that into the show notes and also our social media just to build that awareness. Caitlin, thank you again for jumping on the mics with us. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Thanks, everyone. found value in this content it would mean the world to us if you shared it on social media sent it to a friend or talked about it over coffee